0: a student needs one good next step to take that you can provide and then they need you need to be there for them as they process and allow it to catch up
1: Well, hey, welcome back to the Challengers Podcast, the podcast for the everyday challenges of leading the next generation. It's a podcast for teachers, coaches, parents, really any leader in the life of a kid. And uh, today, I am super excited to have the one, the only Brandon Smith here on the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, Brandon, I know you. I just had lunch with you, but I don't know if everybody listening knows you yet because you just came on staff. What like? How many months ago? It's been five months. Five months feels like forever in a good yeah. way. To help people know you, what are five things someone should know about you?
0: All right. So, autobiographically, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Browns fans. Definitely not Browns fans. Big time Bengals fans, Reds fans. Oh, man. Lots of Buckeyes fans, which you probably can agree on with a lot of people from Cleveland, but... That's one thing, just where I'm from. Another thing is I am married, and I have a I have a son named Nolan. Ooh. Yeah, Nolan is 14 months old, and my wife Whitney actually he's from Aurora, so she grew up here. This is home for her. A lady Greenman. That's right. She was definitely she was a lady Greenman. She was on the um the drum line here. What? Yeah, she was a drum line. Will she drum at church ever? Uh you're gonna have to ask Whitney about that. And then she like ran cross country here. She actually, she played soccer here. She did all kinds of stuff here in Aurora. She loved growing up in Aurora, which is why, why we, you know, as adults now live here with, with our son Nolan. So that's the big thing. Like my favorite thing is that I'm a dad. So that's Mm -hmm. the second thing about me. A third thing about me is I love, I'm super active. Like I love to be outdoors. I like, I like to run, even though I don't look like a runner. Um, I like to work out. I love, I love hiking, especially if there's a mountain involved. Love that. You're at yeah, three. we need two more. You need two more. So I'm a mm-hmm. pastor. Does that? What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a pastor. So that that's something that's being a pastor is not who I am, but it's it's what I do, and I do it because mm-hmm. um, I feel that I'm called to do it, and so mm-hmm. I love being a pastor. Um, um, so that's a fourth mm-hmm. thing, and then a fifth thing is I am a sports fan. So that's a fun thing. I'm not a Browns fan though. So people here at Silver Creek. They're going to know me as the non-Browns pastor. I'm a Bengals fan through and through. Yeah, so who day? Now, I
1: wanted to camp out, so, you know, the Challengers podcast, it is a resource of Silver Creek Church, and Bryn's been here for five months pastoring here, but you've been pastoring for much longer than that. How long have you been a pastor?
0: Yeah, it's cool going on a podcast like this because um, I was a youth pastor. I worked with the youth at um, another church in the area. Called Parkside Church. I worked with the youth there from 2013 through 2017. Then when I stopped working with the youth there, I was, um, I worked with the young adults. So I've done a lot with the age range of like age 11 through 35. I've spent most of my ministry working with that mm-hmm. age range there. Yeah, and I I think just one thing that I have loved over the past five
1: months is not only having Brandon as a pastor here, but also just um, having his testimony um, among us as a community. Um, I mean, each and every one of us carries a story of how God found us, redeemed us and called us into life with himself and uh, we don't necessarily have time to go into all of Brandon's story but I actually think a big piece of Brandon's story um, can be really helpful for us today especially as we uh, tackle a topic that's pretty tough today on the podcast. Um, We wanted to talk about divorce. Truth is today under half of households that kids are growing up in are married, right? There's a lot of single parents, um, there's a lot of divorced households, um, or just any other kind of variation of living situations. And that adds up and impacts uh, kids as they're growing and even as they're asking questions about who they are, who God is. Um, and so I wanted to kind of just jump in. Um, Brandon, would you mind just sharing a little bit with us of
0: just how divorce has impacted you in, in your life? This is a little bit autobiographical, but when I was a baby, my parents, my biological parents were divorced. So I actually don't even know how old I was. I don't know if it was like two months or eight. I, I have no idea. But I just know I was a baby. So I don't remember a time when my parents were married, Yeah, which is um, interesting. But then my mom got remarried to my stepdad, mm-hmm. a guy named Doug, and they ended up getting divorced when I was like 10. So I definitely remember that one. That one was tough. Then, my mom got remarried again when I was um, a senior in high school. So, and then there's dynamics at play there um, because that could be tough to you know move. You know, your mom's getting remarried and things like that at that age that could be tough. Um, My meanwhile, my dad, my dad had gotten remarried. You know, when I was a few years old or whatever, and um, he also got divorced a second time. Mm -hmm. So, as a young person trying to process, like. You know, my my parents are divorced now. You know, he's been remarried. He got divorced. And by the way, you know, I had sisters from, from that marriage. So, you know, uh, sibling dynamics come into play a little bit in that situation yeah. as well. Um, and, then, and then my dad did get remarried. And then he had uh, another child with in his third marriage. So I would say that like looking back on my childhood, like divorce had a lot to do with who i was and how my childhood Mm -hmm. went like you can't really explain my childhood without explaining the fact that there was a lot of marriage and divorce
1: that Mm -hmm. took place sometimes when divorce is talked about it's almost talked about as this thing that people can't recover from and just kind of permanently leaves folks damaged and I, i do think we just need to say up front here like These are the places that God finds us and he can work through all situations, you know, and, um, you know, at our church, we say that we want to be leading families to discover life in Jesus. And in 2024, that sentence is kind of a loaded sentence when it comes time to that word family, (laughs) because Family really is just complicated today. Um, it's been redefined, reworked through a lot of different things, and divorce touches families in a unique way. And so want to talk about that and how God can redeem and lift up things that might be broken, but also kind of talk about some things that are really helpful for leaders to know as they're uh, leading a generation, which um, has been touched by a topic like this one. Um, one thing I found really fascinating was – you know, when you look at the marketing of the world around us, like people can't really agree on much. Like they don't know, uh, like most people don't agree on who to vote for, you know, whether pineapple should be on pizza or not. (laughs) But one thing people do agree on is everyone should find family in some way, shape or form. Like regardless of political persuasions, regardless of style or phases of life that that seems to be something that has survived through generations is everybody agrees hey go find family and and very specifically like family is like a a very real tangible thing like our our bloodline but also family can be something bigger at times of you know networks and community um but i just wanted to like maybe camp on the family aspect of this of just for you how did divorce impact your view of what family was um for better or worse and just kind of how did
0: that that play out in your life that's a great question um i want to like just say this too for any anyone who might be listening and you're like impacted by divorce maybe like you might be a student you might be a, a leader even a parent um one of the key things that i would even just say big picture wise about this whole conversation is like when you are a child so when you're under the age of 18 you these sorts of questions like the one that you just asked you 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 aren't processing mm-hmm. you, you're not you're not sitting there going like, Oh, what am I learning from divorce? (laughs) It it, usually, you don't think that through until you're quite a bit older and you're looking back on your childhood or where you've been. And then you're saying, Oh, this is what, this is what I learned. So a lot of it is actually just, you're picking up on things as, as you're going through, um, whatever it is that you're going through. And so for me, um, a lot of it was normal Mm -hmm. and that's hard for some people to hear, especially like, um, especially like in our, in our churches where sometimes things can like look so neat and tidy and sometimes family can appear neat and tidy. Sometimes it's hard for people to understand that like normal for me was, yeah, I've got like four different Thanksgivings I'm going to. Yeah. And sometimes people hear that and they're like, well, it's not supposed to be that way. And I'm like, I get that, but that's the way that it was. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it, um, I'll just say a couple things. One, you're not necessarily processing in the moment. You're just surviving. (laughs) As a kid, you're learning learning different things because you want to survive. You want to fit in. You want to go back to what you were talking about. You want to have family. Maybe you want that to be your biological family. Maybe not. But for me, personally, I can say that made me want to find good friends a lot more. Um, it made me r- really want to choose my friends wisely and really trust them and make sure that they trust me. But Kind of pick up on something you said that I thought was just golden is, you know, as an
1: adult, you're looking back and realizing, oh yeah, I was impacted that way, that way, that way, you know, growing up being impacted by a divorce. Um, what if you had to go back and you were talking about most kids are just surviving, mm-hmm. like they're just getting day-to-day kind of finding meaning and purpose and community wherever they're at school sports whatever um what are the things that if i'm a leader and i know you know kids going through a tough situation at home maybe there's a divorce happening what are things i should be looking for um or maybe even questions i should just be asking a student if they're a middle school high school or, or young adult like wh- what are the important things that would go a far way uh in the form of a question
0: the first thing I would say is what that kid needs more than anything else is they need they need their parent. They need their parents, sorry, their mom and they need their dad. And the unfortunate truth is a lot of times people will like see the hurt that a kid's going through in divorce and they'll think they'll 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 go into like fix it mode. You know what I mean? Like like hey, this kid just needs this or this kid just needs that or like behavior modification or whatever. And it's like, no, what, what a kid needs is they need their family. They need their mom and they need their dad. And ideally, obviously, you know, the Bible says that a husband will leave his mother and father, be joined with his wife, the two will become one flesh. and, and they'll, But what happens in divorce, obviously, is that, that's, that that covenant is no longer held together. So it's not ideal anymore. And yet, even in the midst of not being ideal, that relationship is still what they need more than anything. That's the first thing. The second thing I'd say is, but because that um, that isn't always the case, um, for whatever reason, the kid may not be able to have the best relationship with mom and dad. The next best thing that they need is they do need a church family that cares about them, and they need to know that. Yep. So they need to know... My mom loves me. My dad loves me. But they also need to know, um, even if that's not perfect, that mom and dad relationship, um, sometimes it is through divorce. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes um, a mom and dad, even after divorce, like their relationship with their kids is incredible still. But sometimes it's not. Um, and when that's the case, like a kid needs to know, hey, my church family loves me. Dom, Pastor you know, Dom loves yeah. me. You know, Logan loves me. Pastor Todd cares about me Um, and my leaders in the community group. They need to have at least one leader that they can go to no strings attached and just talk, be able to talk to like about, Hey, this is a hard thing that's going on for me or this. And that needs to be a safe space for, Mm -hmm. for, for any student. But I would highlight for students and here real quick, I'll say this too. Um, there's things that kids who whose families are broken that they're dealing with years after the actual incident. So, like, maybe a kid's parents are divorced when they're 12. Well, maybe they're not even, like, really starting to deal with it until they're, like, 17, 18, or even older. Mm-hmm. And so they might need to talk about it years later. <laughs> and so a student uh, leader, uh, someone on the student leadership team. Um, one of the adult leaders just needs to be prepared for, um, they might need to step in and, and be like that safe space for whoever that student is. I
1: just wanted to interject just a little bit of just how I think scripture is so helpful on this topic of divorce. Um, knowing that hey like this is something we should talk about at church uh, the first thing is I just want to kind of speak to and maybe you could actually even speak to this in a second of like I think sometimes what I've encountered with friends who have gone through divorce is they start to think of themselves and their family as less than mm-hmm. families and, and kids and families who haven't experienced divorce mm-hmm. and I just want to say like scripture 100% rejects that idea you're not less than or inferior to families that are, are, you know, not experiencing divorce. Right. Um, scripture says everybody's fallen. Everybody's, you know, sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Meaning there is no hierarchy. Like, like, you are not less or better depending on your family status and the, you know, status of your parents' marriage. like. Um, but instead, Scripture offers us wholeness, not by, you know, being in the perfect family, but Scripture offers us wholeness through knowing Jesus, whether we we grew up in a divorced family or a family that never has gone through that. Um, the other thing I just want to say is like scripture says volumes of things on just um, how important family is. Um, and like you alluded to, Brandon, like um, when you come to know the wholeness that God has for you and his son, Jesus, you're a part of a new family then. Like you're you're adopted. That's kind of what the New Testament language is around somebody putting their faith in Jesus. Like they're adopted into a new family where they can talk about the messiness of what's going on at home and, and how family feels like it's falling apart there, you know, based off of what I just said, anything you would add to that? Um, and, and then following up with that is like, how do you think the church can get better Yeah, at these conversations?
0: Um, so I'll say a few things. The first thing that I'll say is, and this is me being a little bit vulnerable, like when I was younger and I obviously came from a, um, background where like my, my, my family situation was it was a little bit complex for you know just because of what i explained earlier and it made me a little jealous when i would see like the leave it to beaver type of family where it looked like mom and dad are together and like the kids and it just looked from the outside like everything looks so happy and and it did, it made me jealous if i'm being honest um and and that was even after i became a christian I still was struggling with um, that whole notion of, you know, why couldn't that have been my family? Like, why couldn't that have been me? Um, And I want to say that that's because anybody that goes through anything that's difficult, uh, whether they realize it or not, they're going through some level of trauma, and it takes time to actually go through the process of healing and to actually thinking rightly and godly about something like what you just said that we are adopted into God's family. It may be that someone has accepted Christ, knows that, and knows that they're a son or a daughter of the great high king, and yet they haven't yet fully wrapped their head around the fact that like, you are adopted into his family, which is the most important thing. And so the number one thing that I would say that that a church could do to improve then and how they deal with just families in general that are, so that's mom, dad, and kids mm-hmm. um, when a divorce has taken place is to do whatever we can as a church to help everyone in the family understand that the pivotal piece of actually dealing with this hurt or this whatever has gone on is, is that piece right there of God is your father. God is the one who saves you by his grace because of his gospel And that is really the pivot point right there of can you actually start to deal and heal and realize that you're not like a second rate citizen just because you're not from like, you know, this perfect family or whatever, or, or for somebody who's actually gone through divorce themselves, like to actually be able to start to, um, to heal from, from what has taken place. There has to be a point of like really just coming away at all, you know, at the feet of Jesus and saying like, I know that. I'm not perfect, and I know that this situation per- its not the way that God necessarily originally intended back in the Garden of Eden. And yet, it is what it is, and I- we're going to make the most out of it, and God is still going to love us and use us and, in some mysterious way, mold us into who he wants us to be and how he wants us to be. And he's still going to use us, and it- you know what? He might even use us more, or more specifically— Because of the experiences that we've had, which is, by the way, why I wanted to do this podcast. Like, I think he's equipped me in a way to be able to talk about this. So I'll give a quick story real quick. Um, There was a family at a church I used to work at. uh, Not a great situation. Dad left the house. Um, Not going to get into all that. Three kids, though, who I was the youth pastor. And I can remember one of the kids coming, um, basically because mom was making her come, (laughs) And, um, and I'll talk about the mom in a second, but the daughter cried and said, I'm not going in there. And so the mom says, what do you want me to do? And I said, take her home. And she said, what? And I said, yeah, take her home. And, um, then I got back into contact with the mom and she's like, what do I do? And I'm like, Hey, this isn't your fault. Um, you're divorced right now and it's not your fault. Um, I want you to just keep loving Jesus and because you love Jesus, it's going to enable you to love your kids. Mm -hmm. And when your kids come to know Jesus or when they come to understand the grace that God has for them, um, things are going to, things are going to start changing. All right. Fast forward a few years. One of her other kids ends up becoming saved and gets baptized in front of the entire church. All of a sudden, she she doesn't just come to the youth group. She becomes like the like the leader girl of the youth group. <laughs> um, younger sister starts coming around. Exact same thing happens to her. Well, guess what? The younger brother who was a few years below them now he starts coming around. All of that happened, I believe, because the mom just kept loving Jesus, just kept her eyes on Jesus, and then everything else followed place. So wow
1: amen to that um and i think like a lot of our conversations have been focused on man how do we care for and lead kids well through a tough thing like a divorce um you know if we're a coach teacher small group leader at a youth group or anybody who has a chance to invest um but i even want to kind of ask from your perspective what do you think is really helpful for a parent to hear in this conversation similar to that conversation you got to have out in the parking lot with that mom you know like What, what would you encourage parents who might have been through a divorce are currently going through a divorce, like in the middle of it all, they're trying to lead their kid well towards Jesus and and love Jesus and their kid, you know, like you described, you know, how, how would you specifically encourage them to do that within the context of something as hard as a divorce?
0: In the old Testament, there's a word that is used to describe God's covenant love for his people and Dom knows this because he's a Hebrew guy, but... said. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's just basically translated H-S-D. That word is implying something about God's character, and that's that he is patient. So the word kind of is translated like loving kindness, but what it really means is like God is patient with his covenant people, really. Um, and so what does that mean? Well, it means that with a kid in general, by the way, but especially a kid that's dealing with hurt, dealing with, uh, in some ways in divorce, a kid is going to experience some sense of loss because they're losing going home and being with both parents. So what that requires more than anything is patience and loving kindness and a sense of this covenant parent love. A kid does not need behavior modification, rules, any more than they need. what they really need is... Um, they need their heart to be changed. And um, there's anger that sometimes comes in the life of a, of a kid that's experienced divorce. And I want parents to know that that anger probably is not against them. That anger is prob- had probably multifaceted. And a mistake would be for a parent to go, oh, my kid is so angry at me. Could be that the kid's just angry. Maybe they don't even know what they're angry about. So you got to be patient with that and then also know, like, no matter what behavior or rules or whatever you throw at that, that's not going to change their heart. (laughs) Like, the only thing that's going to change that is uh, a relationship with Jesus. The gospel um, will begin the reconciliation process in their own hearts. And that's really hard when you see it in real time, though. Because in real time you're going like, why don't they just get it? Why don't they just get it? Why don't they just get it? Well, that's just not how that's not how human behavior works. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes years. Hmm.
1: There's so many reasons why Jesus is good news, right? We talk about the gospel, and that means good news. But one of the reasons why specific to this conversation is that Jesus proves to us that um, things can be resurrected. Yeah. Right? Like we might think something is lost or dead, and I think a fear that might be very real for adults who have gone through a divorce is did I lose my kids when I lost my marriage I just want to say to whoever's listening right now if that's you um the good news of Jesus announces that that's not true like (laughs) if his father can bring him back from the dead right like there's nothing that you could lose that he won't pick up and make new and make alive. And I, that's what you're describing. Like our kids, whether they're a part of a family that has mom and dad there or mom and dad are split up, all of our kids need made new, right? Yeah. All hearts are broken. Um, all of us are sinful people. Anything else that generally speaking from your vantage point that you think is helpful in this conversation to mention at the end?
0: I want to be clear on this notion that like, somehow, like, the fallout of divorce can be fixed, like, during youth group years. I think that it's ministered to during youth group years. I don't think it's ever fixed. And what I mean by that is it's fixed in the sense that Jesus leads forgiveness and reconciliation, and he—relationships are restored, absolutely. But for anyone who— um has dealt with divorce in their home. This is something that is for the rest of their lives. They're going to know what took place and they are going to have to be cognizant of any sort of lingering um, bad feelings or ill will. I would hate for somebody to think that there comes to like just one point boom where it's like, Oh, um, there is the sense of like closure in Jesus, but then the lingering in, Um, effects of things Um, another thing might be like you may just have like a sibling or something that went one way in a divorce and you went a different way and every year that you go to christmas you're reminded of that and that's not ideal Um, but god will give you the wisdom to deal with that relationship each year in each each time that you um, talk to your sibling in that situation I, i hope that makes sense
1: it does. One of the things you said reminded me of, of something I want to ask you, like what are things a leader in the life of a kid should not say yeah. or ask when, when they're going through something as hard as a divorce?
0: To assume that a 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, however year old um, has completely dealt with everything and then to say, oh, that must have been so hard. That is like, and I know that when people say that, they mean they have really, really good intentions. Because what they mean is they mean to be s- showing compassion and saying, "Hey, it wasn't supposed to be that way," and I, and I, w- you know, I wish that you didn't. I wish that that didn't make you hurt. And I get that, but um, must have been implies that in the past it was hard. <laughs> it could be hard in the present and it can be hard in the future because of what I just talked about. Like there are just some truths that people from divorced families understand and know and deal with that. um, It's not like, Oh, I'm 18 now. All of a sudden everything's great. And my relationship with, with everyone is great. And it's like, I can vote and all my traumas healed. There (laughs) we go. I could buy a lottery ticket and yeah, no. Also like just throwing any sort of like cheap fix, even if it's true assume nothing <laughs> like like don't assume
1: somebody's past the hurt but then also um don't assume that simple things will be an immediate fix you know it's a pretty complicated and like layered uh pain and, and hurt because like what we're talking about it's relational trauma like mm-hmm. there's nothing more complex than that whether it's, you know, the breaking off of a friendship, but even more so with like the breaking
0: off of a marriage and how that impacts the kids who are a part of that family. Trying to deal with emotions and sort through them as your brain is forming is not the same as like being an adult, being in your 30s or 40s or whatever. And you go, well, this is how I would deal with it, right? Like, yeah. Well, you have years of life experience. You have some maturity on these young students. You have you have the advantage of having a fully formed brain, which students don't yet at that age. Sometimes a student needs one good next step to take that you can provide, and then they need you need to be there for them as they process and allow it to catch up. So yep. providing like, hey, here's one next step for you that I think could be good for you. Then as they're doing it, you need to be there for follow-up to say, how's it going? And then to check in on their processing and their emotions to see if it's healthy or not.
1: Kind of the action plan coming out of a conversation like this is I think we all need to have that hesed, that that patient love. But a patient love that then, to your point, has a plan behind it of saying, hey, I'm going to be with you every step of the way not not leaps right that's not how people grow (laughs) they don't just jump forward to places they take little steps and so i think that's so important so good for us to be taken away from a conversation like this one thanks so much for all your insight on this conversation encouragement and also like just tangible takeaways for all of us who are in the life of the next generation i think some big ones that i'm taking away is you know, there's nothing outside of God's reach, you know, no situation, no family dynamic that God can't enter into and transform. But it looks like for us as leaders, it really boils boils down to how patient can our love be through tough things and how how can we be present with people offering help and resources and ultimately pointing them towards a God who is making all things new through his son, Jesus. And so thanks for being on the podcast today, Brandon. Super thanks appreciate Thanks for having me you uh and having your voice on this topic all right well thanks for tuning in guys we'll see you next month for next episode